It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. This episode of the Ringer F1 show is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this, now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall chosen by champions. Hey guys, Kevin Clark here. Quick note at the top here. We talk about this very briefly at the beginning of this discussion with Juliet and Taryn uh, about the flooding at Imola. Well, the flooding at Imola is such that the race has been canceled this weekend. We did not do a straight race preview. We did a broad discussion on what to look for for the rest of the season. Uh, but just wanted to update you on that because obviously the race will not be going ahead. The weekend will not be going Ahead, essentially, F1 made the decision after sending personnel home on Tuesday and then telling staff not to go to the track on Wednesday that emergency services needed to be diverted to helping out the flooding. Um, the idea that there would be fans and folks traveling all over the roads, which were underwater, was just too much, and it became an impossibility to hold the race this weekend. So uh, we don't talk a ton about Imola in the discussion, but just wanted to update you on that, we will be back at the middle of it next week with another race preview. And obviously, once the F1 schedule gets back on track, we will be doing our normal race pods. Here's the episode, guys. It is during our phone show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark. Imola preview, rest of the season preview with Juliet Lippman. Juliet, hello. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. And Taryn Bray, friend of the show. Taryn, what's going on, pal? Hello. I think I can call myself a recurring guest officially. This is my a third recurring time, guest. so I'm really proud. There's I'm a Mount really Rushmore. There's Nate Saunders, <laughs> Scott Mitchell, Taryn Bray. Oh, I don't belong on that. I don't belong on that, I don't think. But I do deserve recurring guests, and I'm very happy about that. I'm so, we're so happy to have you. So we're going to do two things. Um, we're just going to, first of all, talk about things that we are looking forward to for the rest of the season because the Drivers' Championship appears over and the Constructors' Championship more or less is over, barring something crazy. Um, we'll flick a little bit of Imola this weekend. I do want to start off right now with the news that Imola is 
more or less underwater. Um, the paddock has been evacuated for precautionary reasons, according to the BBC, but not emergency reasons. Um, it, it looks pretty bad. The weather may not hold up, and there are doubts about what this weekend could look like, whether it's truncated, whether it happens at all. Taryn, you've been following it. Like, I, I want to see racing at Emola, and it would be really sad if this didn't happen. Yeah, I've been following it. And I've seen a lot of pictures on Twitter from a couple weeks ago of how bad the flooding was, and it was devastating. Uh, cars completely submerged. So if it's hopefully not anything like that, but that whole region has been getting a ton of rain lately. So obviously thinking about the local people there yeah. and hopefully they're doing okay. And then, you know, second to that comes the race. Hopefully we do race there and it's it's not as bad as they're predicting. But also, you know, maybe the threat of rain could be good for this weekend if it's not too much. We haven't seen anything interesting. Yep. So maybe rain will give us something to look forward to. I could use a great rain race and it's really disappointing. Taryn, yeah. you grew up in Florida. I grew up in Florida. The fact that there has not been a Florida thunderstorm that just opens up in the middle of a race. It happens all the time. And it's not every happened day during the summer. Two years in Miami. I, That's Juliet, a pretty small sample size. I just didn't know. I feel no, like but it happens all the time. It happens all the every every day. Every day. Yes. I grew up in Miami, like born and raised, and you could you can like clockwork predict it will be an afternoon thunderstorm. And I was like, okay, it'll happen today. You know, 3 p.m. is the perfect time for that to happen quickly, not anything crazy. And it didn't happen, which is shocking to me. Because like you said, it is like the the first the the first football game I ever went to, Taryn, was a Gators Kentucky game like 1994, 1995. I I was too young to know what was going on. And a huge storm cloud, Juliet, just comes over the swamp, just douses everybody and then just moves on. It was like a cartoon. <laughs> That's Florida weather. And the fact that we haven't gotten it at F1 is, is a huge indictment of Florida. It's climate change. I agree. I feel like the rain, the rain races of recent years have also just been like kind of like sad as a result like yeah. the rain really messes things up where what you're just like a, a storm that moves in and out really quickly that's a that's a great twist for a race you know it's a perfect wrench yeah. you throw it in you have to switch tires and then all of a sudden the track's drying again yeah your, and you're like oh fuck Back to i will say <laughs> so i don't know if you guys saw the quotes but Domenicali basically said they had a formula one basically said that he's not going to interfere with Red Bull's dominance. He's not going to tweak the regulations. He's not going to do anything. Having said that, a Truman Show-esque rain machine <laughs> would really just feel like a month. We make it like rain month and we just drop that stuff on for like 20 laps in the middle of the race. That would be, that's not screwing with the regulations. It's just a rain machine. No. And it feels like it's the only way at this point of how the season is yes. looking to have any sort of mixed grid to create some chaos and a new winner besides Red Bull. So I feel like, how do we get that machine in there? A hundred percent. All right. So we're going to each do three things that we're looking forward to actually watching after the, the kernel for this came from George Russell, who last week infamously now on this pod, at least said, if you just watch P3, it's really exciting, which is one of the <laughs> saddest quotes I've ever heard in my really entire funny. life. The other thing he said, and that I brought this up like five times in the show, but I, we'll, we'll just frame it this way and I'll bring it up again, is when he said, oh, I hope we have a great weekend, George. He said, I hope we have a great weekend and we get to go out and really bring the fight to Ferrari and Aston Martin. It's like, wait a second. Hang on. Hang on. Are we forgetting somebody? So with that in mind, if George is writing this off um, and a little bit of that is expectation management, we're just going to go through battles that we are watching, um, drama that we're watching. Doesn't matter. Uh, Taryn, what's your first one? Um, I think the first one that I'm watching is, well, the rumor mill season is in full yes. effect. Within the last week and a half, I have seen seven iterations of the same rumor with P3 
people debunking others and then new sources coming out. And it's been crazy, especially with um, AlphaTauri and Nick DeVries. And I saw one rumor that said that he was out and Ricardo was going to be in. And then I saw there was a car fitting. There was rumors of a car fitting for Daniel Ricardo. Yes. And then it was like, no, we're going to give him three more races. And then I guess <laughs> the, the latest one card, was Helmet. A Hel- Helmet Marco came out and said, no, he doesn't have a red card. He has a yellow card. So I think that playing out, I'm interested to see how that works, especially given that someone from Red Bull officially came out and said, we do kind of have an ultimatum with him. We're, we're giving him some time, but it's also not out of the realm of possibility that something happens with his his spot. So I think that I'm looking closely towards, especially... Because it's really interesting. I think everyone coming into the season probably would have said if there was any rookie on the grid who they thought would perform the yes. best, it might have been him because he has a lot more experience mm-hmm. as a rookie than the others do. And and what he hasn't been able to do with the car, even though it's not great, but his teammate is completely outperforming him. So I think that I'm, I'm really going to be paying attention to um, and seeing if he feels the pressure, if he doesn't, what happens with that and and how much he can kind of prove himself as deserving of this spot when, you know, of course, coming into the season, there were a lot of names being thrown around yeah. as who deserved that spot and it ended up being him. So that is one thing that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. A couple of things. With the exception of Albon a few years ago, I feel like this is one of the earliest silly season rumors we've ever heard. And I also think the true line to that is Helmut Marco coming out at all times and being, I didn't with Albon, he was just like, it's just sad. It was like May first and he was like this is just heartbreaking and it's like okay everybody calm down here what were we gonna say juliet i was gonna say like what do you guys think is best case scenario for daniel ricardo for the rest of the year well like, okay I- that I, I was gonna put this to you the problem i have taryn with the rumor that devries is gonna be replaced with ricardo is ricardo was at the met gala last week ricardo is the second most famous person in the paddock at all times he has an amazing life and juliet if you were daniel ricardo would you really want to go to alpha towery and compete for p14 at best i think he's doing great he's always got the sort of looming threat to somehow get in the actual red bull and and win a race that pathway there he could have gone to alpha towery last year as my guess if he had thrown yeah. himself and said i'd take a deal there remember the whole thing about ricardo is he could have been on the grid this year if he lowered his expectations all of a sudden yep. after two months of living an amazing life he's going to lower his expectations now i will say just want to note he was at the tom ford table among some really heavy hitters he was also with yeah. uh alexander skarsgård and jenna ortega uh among- and Anne hathaway was like yes. i love you yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he was like in a really good spot i just want to say that the, the though that's great like i remember two years ago so when lewis lost in the final race to max like lewis had a table and he looked phenomenal and like you know these guys just fit the met gala in as as yeah. they see fit it tends to work with the f1 calendar so i don't think daniel would have to give up some of these high profile um press events but like you know i did see a clip of him yesterday like talking about when he would actually be in the car when people would be able to see him race um the, like the the rb19 test car and i do think that there's just like there's a desire for him to drive and i think that there's i wonder if there's a sense just in terms of like how his career trajectory continues if he has enough fame to sustain a career without m- more um presence in the sport especially as it relates to like um, like americans because i think that he'd actually does really crave the, the American celebrity aspect of it. And so like, you know, it's, it's, I assume you meant Lewis was number one and yes, yeah. he is like number two to him, but Lewis is so much more famous, like to yes. already to Americans. Like, you know, yeah. he's been, 
he's been inviting like Dwayne Wade to the Monaco Grand Prix for like 10 years. So, you know, it's just, I think that like someone like Daniel needs to drive to, to like have like the longevity uh, of income that he's hoping for. And it's funny, we talked about it in November, the last time I was on about how there aren't a lot of coveted seats that are available anytime yeah. soon. And he did have the opportunity, had he wanted it to go to a Haas or an Alphatari, and he obviously opted against it. So it is interesting to see, like you said, if he is comfortable sustaining what he's doing now, or if he really is wanting to drive no matter where it's at. And I kind of have a feeling that after this year, he'll be cool with taking that year off and then he'll want back in a car. That's what I think. I think he's a, they're all drivers at heart and Mm -hmm. that's what they want to be doing. Especially if you're around the grid. I mean, he's not there every single week, but you're still there. And I can't imagine being someone who's competitive and has been driving their entire life, being around the grid and not participating. I think that makes it harder. I think he goes to these races and he's probably like, Oh, I'm having fun. I'm I'm just joking around. I'm enjoying like the atmosphere. But I think deep down, he's probably like, I really, really miss getting in that car. The lights go off and away we go. And he's probably missing it. There was a, there's a blueprint for what he could be doing if he was ready to move on from driving, which, you know, like he could have signed a deal with sky sports he could have signed a deal to like with a podcast whatever i was gonna say uh, could he get his own netflix show at this point i think he could i think maybe i mean the way that the show bid him farewell but like he could become a media celebrity if he wanted that but clearly that's he's not ready to like give up on driving yet so i think there's a real a real hunger for that i think it was a huge mistake to not go with haas but maybe i mean the other thing is scott and nate both mentioned this from from their boots on the ground in Miami last week when we were all there, but like people feel more comfortable just bothering him now, um, and that's why he had, get, he had to get private security. <laughs> people just think he has nothing to do, and it's like eventually that just <laughs> what becomes is he doing? Uh, walking around the paddock, <laughs> <laughs> filming videos. Filming, he's filming videos. He's uh, meeting with people. He's doing all sorts of stuff. He's got a very <laughs> busy schedule. They have a Shaking lot of free time hands, kissing babies. To begin with, He's going to so. start releasing those like uh, those calendars every day, like Trump did, where it was just like, all right, I have a very busy day of meetings <laughs> all <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Just a very busy day. No, he's just hanging out. He's being kind of a mascot. It's it's good. It's good. Who's it good for? I mean, for us, but I don't know if it's good for him. <laughs> I think he's making a lot of money to hang around. You know who's not? I don't want to open a can of worms here. We talk about fame in the paddock, and I've only been around him for uh, three times in my three three extended times in my life. He was not that famous. Max Verstappen, relative to like absolute mania around him. And even maybe it's just, a, I've seen him in Miami and I've seen him in Los Angeles um, as something else. But it, it, it with with Miami in particular, Checo is actually, again, we, we talked about this in the pod on Sunday about because Max felt fielded questions about the Spanish-speaking population of Miami and how they back Checo. Checo is actually the guy who gets more of a roar um, when he's walking through the grounds than, than Max is. And obviously, Lewis is in a different stratosphere than Daniel is kind of, kind of somewhere in the middle. But um, it's interesting to me, at least in America, the reaction to Max over the past two years, I'd say. That's because Max is an asshole. And mm. um, I think like if you... For the American fans who mostly know him through like TV and stuff, he's like such a dick. Exactly. I mean, he's rude on his radio. He curses. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double, double standard. Um, but that's and he doesn't give a shit about the fame, anyways. He's yeah. very clear about that. Mm, I just mm-hmm. want to. I just want to. Uh, one piece. Uh, maybe he doesn't care about fame, but he certainly cares. Certainly cares about wealth. Um, I saw like a lot of pictures of his private plane, which he bought from Richard Branson, and uh, it looked Decked nice. Out. Uh, did you see that too? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I missed it. 
I missed it. <laughs> well, I just he bought it from Richard Branson, so that tells you like the price, the price uh, that he was paying, and just like how he wants to like operate in the world, which is like as a super rich guy. But I think with that also like he doesn't want to you know, be exposed to like anything that a regular person or even like a really famous athlete is exposed to. He's not chartering flights. He has his own plane. I think he had MV33 painted on the plane. He did. And I'm not kidding. He did. In, a, in big orange <laughs> letters. Yeah. Is he going to pull a Daniel Snyder and charge Red Bull for that advertising? Just charge them Probably. $5 million <laughs> a year for that that advertising? Um, T- Taryn can now comment on the other Washington teams because she, Snyder's no longer an owner there. Um, okay. Yep. So a couple things. Number one, not to defend Max, but I think a lot of drivers get a reputation for having sharp elbows early in their career. They're not super comfortable with everything going on around them. I think there's a chance Max can rebrand. I'll just say that. There's a chance going forward he can rebrand. Juliet, I know your your feelings are known on Max. They're not going to change. I'm just saying there's a hope there that his personality changes as his career. He doesn't want develops. to. If, if that, that was going to happen, it would have happened already. Oh, maybe he's still young, isn't he? He's still very like that's the one thing. So like NFL quarterbacks, right? Where it's like you look at the ages of the drivers, and I think we sometimes think he's older than Max is older than he is because he was relevant in 2017. But that's yeah, not, that's that's not the case. I have similar feelings to you, Juliet, on Max. So <laughs> unbelievable! I can't believe I have to defend. I'm the guy defending him. Um, yeah, you, <laughs> Juliet. What's your first one? I just don't know what Ferrari's gonna do with Charles Leclerc. Like I and I really. <laughs> I really love him. I think he's like a real weirdo. I enjoy his vlogs. I watch all, I like watch a lot of his personal content. But, you know, his season has been so reckless. And he's like, I just feel like he's, uh, see, I feel like he's impatient. And I assume if Ferrari is as well. And he came into the season with so much bluster. Um, and I feel like this is just, in a, this is in a really bad spot. In some ways, worse than last year, even if the strategy mistakes haven't been as obvious. But, with a better car and sounder strategy for Charles to still be making like so many, so many errors and just frankly crashing. It's just sort of like, is this the guy that you rest the Ferrari name on? I, I don't know. I think I, I'm hoping yes. And I'm hoping like they figure things out, but it's been pretty, pretty rough go. I'm not sure if the car, do you think having the car is better this year? I don't no, know if it's better no, this no, year. Not, I don't think not. it is. There, there, there was a graphic. I just think they're uh, not making the mistakes. There, there was a graphic I saw. Uh, yesterday about Miami that Ferrari was literally the only team on the grid to be slower this mm, year yep, in Miami than that. last year. Um, and so Martin, also maybe it's getting worse with the improvements. I, I, I have a theory <laughs> that in the short term, and it's a theory I just made up while I was looking that that Charles Leclerc is not only on Spotify but his song "Aus 23" <laughs> has three million listens. Yeah, two hundred grinding. Two hundred thousand of them are mine. I just listened to. Could it on you imagine <laughs> just grinding as like a DJ in a basement somewhere, and you're just trying to get like. 15,000 Spotify listens and Leclerc gets 3 million. It's, it's a piano track. It's, it's, there's no singing. It's like a piano vibe that like, you know, when he's feeling moody also recently broke up. He's it's just going, he's got a lot of emotions. So it's going through it. I have. Okay. So here's my theory on Leclerc that I just made up. Um, but it's, I think it's right right now in the short term, like the next two months and the previous two months, Ferrari and Leclerc have a mutually beneficial relationship and that they can each kind of blame the other. Right. And and so I don't I think this is a long term relationship because I just don't know, you know, Taryn, we talked about this at the, at the sort of season review episode a couple months ago. But like, 
Mercedes, we know what that is. Lewis is not going to retire. George is clearly the young driver there. Um, Red Bull, we know who that's built around. And I'm not even sure Leclerc would want to go to Red Bull with Max there. So what is it? Are you going to go to another project and hope that they, you know, we saw that with in different stage of their career. We saw Daniel Ricciardo a few years ago with Renault where they promised him things. He goes and that happens all the time in F1. I know we have some new F1 listeners on this podcast, but the amount of times it's there's been like, ooh, this team is actually on the rise. Turns out only one team's ever been on the rise and it's Aston Martin and they signed Fernando Alonso, okay, um, to embarrass the owner's son. And so, but like the amount of guys who go from big team to small teams on the promises of, of rising fortunes is that that list is endless. And so it would be a huge risk for Leclerc. And I, I just think eventually they have a team principal. He knows from Sauber. They, they, you know, last week when, when they asked him about, about big Fred, he basically said he hasn't made any changes so that he's been in four months of evaluation mode. And I think you just have to give him this season for a proof of concept and then just see what happens next year. And then I think at the end of next year, we could talk about anything drastic. But I think it's an improvement. We're this far into the season and we can say that they haven't had any huge strategy blunders. Like you mentioned at this point last season, I mean, we were talking about all the things that they were doing wrong internally. So I feel like at least that's a step forward. Even if the car did not take a step forward, Maybe they can hang their hat on after the season. Like, all right, we got through a season without any major, you know, controversies of who's in charge. Why are we arguing that sort of thing? So, like, it could be a win for Ferrari, but they're obviously yeah. I'm going to push back on that. There have been no strategy blunders, but there's also been no pressure like last year because they haven't been close. True. Like it, it, last year, they were at the front. They had they had yeah some some tracks the fastest car, and so there was a different pressure there. And we know, I mean, like, again, when you when you are around the Ferrari paddock after a race, it is stunning how much media there is there, how many cameras there are that they have to face that we don't sometimes we know what the pressure is of Ferrari. And like the the best line in the Michael Schumacher documentary was that when he was deciding whether or not to go to um, to Ferrari, basically, his manager said, if you win at Ferrari, you don't have to have a passport anymore because you'll just be the most famous person in the world <laughs> like that. We understand that. But like from a race to race, practice session to practice session, the pressure on them is so great. And and last year, I think it was even heightened because of that. And so now that they don't, have, they haven't made any strategy blunders because they haven't been in position to make those huge ones where we all laugh at them because the car isn't good enough. So I'm intrigued to see where it goes. But like I was just reading this morning, one of the pundits basically saying, "Listen, Leclerc pushes the cars to the edge, so an inconsistent car is not going to suit him. Whereas Carlos Sainz stays within the car, but he doesn't." He doesn't push that car. And so right now with the inconsistent car, with the fact that it's, it's at the whims of the weather and the heat and the wind and all of that stuff, and they're making upgrades. And that, that's one of my things here. But that's it, it, it is not the car for these two drivers. And it's going to be it's going to be a long year. Um, who it is the car for is Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso, who is my number one thing to watch. No wins in a decade. But right now. The most points that he's had at this stage in over a decade, um, even more than when he was in a Ferrari in 2013. He has 75 points right now. He had 72 in a Ferrari in 2013. Um, Longest stretch between wins ever is 114, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, Fernando would shatter that. Fernando, by the way, already has the record for most races between podiums. Um, he went, he, he got that when he went to, uh, to Qatar in, in 2021. Um, he's just amazing. Um, as I said, Aston Martin went from last in race pace in Miami last year to second this year. 
Uh, that's in part due to the car. That's also in part due to Fernando Alonso. Um, so he was asked this week by Sky where he can win a race. And he's hopeful he can win a race. But he said that they're not as fast on the straights. Scott Mitchell on this podcast said he thinks that the Red Bull might be the fastest car on the straights relative to the competition in the history of Formula One. Um, but he is circling Monaco, Budapest, Singapore, the slowest of the tracks, and he thinks he can win there. My number one thing to watch is Fernando Alonso winning a race and soon Juliet Limit. Monaco would be great. I mean, I, I do, you know, I do think for like a driver like him, also tracks where it's hard to overtake. Like if you if you can play, you know, qualifying right, then it just it puts you in a much better position. So I assume that's part of the reason why he's targeting those three, because it's just much harder. Yeah. So um I would that would be thrilling. It would truly be the, se- the, the season, the year of, of uh, Fernando Alonso if that happened. And uh, I, I would absolutely love it. Um, I also think it's funny that you pointed out that like he just tries to embarrass Lance Stroll because I think it's so funny every time the broadcast plays him like giving <laughs> tips to Lance like, as, as if he's some really nice guy all of a yeah. sudden. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I think it would be really thrilling if you won in Monaco. You know, obviously winning the street races like has like a different like feeling to it. It's like just very exciting. So I, I hope that happens. Singapore is a street circuit too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When's it going to so, happen, Taryn? I think saying Monaco is a good... That definitely. Everybody I says mean, Monaco. Soon, everybody, so. when everybody, everybody's like, "Oh, when's the weird race coming?" It's like it's Monaco because you have qualifying and then you have a parade the next day. And then exactly, I think that's a good one to guess. But I think I, I like this that you mentioned how long it's been between his wins. But more time will have elapsed between his thirty second and thirty third wins than did between his first and thirty second wins. Amazing. So <laughs> I mean, like this guy, and he's he's just out there to prove things this year but I'm also interested to see in regards to him over the course of the season if he's just getting more out of this car or if this car is really improved I mean we know it's improved but just how much has it improved and is he getting more out of it than should be getting out of it because it'll be interesting to see I mean Lance has had some good results and some not good results he obviously had two broken wrists at the beginning of the season probably shouldn't have driven that first race but I, I I'm curious to see how this develops over over the season with how good he continues to be, or if it's maybe an illusion at the beginning of the season, and then perhaps it falls off because Mercedes is bringing a major upgrade this weekend as well. I think that'll be interesting to see um, how they fare against each other. Do you believe that though? No. no, I don't know. I think they have a pretty <laughs> big package coming, but I don't know. It might be a big package, but will it be a big upgrade? Yeah, that's that. You just never know. I mean, they're not, not competing hopeful. for anyone else besides Aston Martin, it seems like at this point. So the Sixers just a minute ago fired Doc Rivers, and that feels oh, like the Ferrari upgrade package to me, where it's like, is much is <laughs> things really going to change? Are things really going to change? Um, are you just going to hire Kenny Atkinson and it's going to be the same thing? Um, all right. So I actually, can we- the NBA and the NHL do the same thing. They just recycle the same coaches over and over again. I know the Rangers might hire the Penguins guy, Mike Sullivan. Let's cook. Um, all right. So I want to, let's just talk about the upgrades right now, because as I said, Domenicali said, he's not going to mess with anything. And there have been, it was like an amazing Reddit thread. I don't know. Or Reddit post the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it about the history of nerfing teams just through throughout the season and just like just doing highly illegal stuff. Cause Bernie Eccleston, was significantly more like David Sternish 
in the sense that he would just be like, eh, this isn't good for the sport. Let's just do something that is going to piss everybody off in order to make it a better sport. Um, whereas Liberty, yeah. I think, doesn't want to necessarily tinker with that. But if you go through the 90s, what they did to Williams, what they did to Ferrari, <laughs> banning tire changes in the middle of the race and just saying you can only pit for fuel, like it's a really amazing thing. F1's not going to do that anymore. Um, I think with the internet and some democratization of information, like it's a little harder to just be like, what if we, <laughs> what if we fix the races? What if we fixed the... I've been texting my friends, Taryn, about how if David Stern were in the NHL, this Final Four would not be happening. Just ran oh, Carolina, no. Florida. Like, David Stern would be cooking. Um, but yeah. uh, F1 is just not going to do that. We don't We don't really fix things anymore. Um, and so, uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how teams close the gap. So Ferrari brought a new floor to Miami. Didn't work. There was a quote the other day from... Um, Jack Clear, who is a technical, I think, advisor for Ferrari, he's also Leclerc's driving coach, basically just saying the height of the floor is so huge an influence um, of the car because the way the regulations change over the winter time. And so basically anything that happens now uh, is going to be about the height of the floor, moving air around, all of that stuff. Um, so I don't think that any of these things are going to necessarily unlock a huge gap because also, and they asked Max about this last week, and there was a little bit of coping where they said, okay, well, we'll, uh, you know, here comes Mercedes, here comes Ferrari Max, you know, are you scared about them closing the gap? And he was like, we have upgrades too. And my guess is based on the history of the last couple of months and years, Red Bull's upgrades are going to be better than Ferrari and Mercedes and McLaren's and Haas and Aston. And even if they didn't bring upgrades, I don't think, I think they could work with this car and still manage to sweep hundred championships. A hundred percent. And the advantage right. on the straights combined with DRS is like just so unfair. I mean, it's not they unfair, unlocked but a cheat code. Yeah. It's just, it's, there's no way right. to compete. Right. And so Mercedes, the, the structural problems in the car cockpit too far forward. The rear handling is really bad. Um, the aerodynamic centers too far forward of the car. Um, that was the technical, the technical diagnosis from a bunch of people <laughs> around the car. Um, and so I don't know how this gets better. And the ESPN piece by our buddy, Lawrence Eppinson, um, basically said the here, here's the quote okay uh the upgraded parts are not expected to eliminate the gap to the front this weekend far from it but they should provide future uh, foundations for future improvement that will chip away at red bull's advantage and ellipsis basically they want to compete in the coming years so the upgrades this weekend are the start of the foundation for being able to compete in the coming years this is just not sound yep. encouraging julia Sometimes when I read the um, re like the Mercedes quotes about like how they're how they're improving, I'm just like, this is so sad and also <laughs> seemingly so honest. And I'm like, is yeah. this a game? Like, I very often am like, are they just saying this as like some part of gamesmanship? But unfortunately, that's not been the case. Um, and I think I can't remember when Christian said it, but. This one quote from Christian Horner has just been ringing through my ears for the last year and a half, which is where he said that Toto's never had to build a car, never had to build a winning car, and he basically inherited one. Um, and that's hard for me as as a top Toto Wolf fan. And I'm just like, so far, that's proven to be true. Um, and I think yeah. that's like a, a really serious problem. Uh, and I am not one to question uh, the great Toto, but... Um, when Christian said that, I was like, huh. And I, I go back to it a lot. So it's definitely a problem. Also, some of these issues just seem like 
how could how could they have like even gotten there? It's it's like they really uh, overthought some of the, their changes, and um, it's a mess. Well, it's interesting that they stuck with the design. I think that mm-hmm. was the most shocking thing to me after last season yeah. is that you would have thought they'd say, "All right, let's rethink this," but they didn't, and <laughs> they somehow thought, "All right, well, we made enough improvements. Clearly, that's not." Right. They stuck with their old side pod design, but they're bringing new side pods in part of their upgrade package this weekend. So I'm curious to see what those look like, because that was like the big anomaly. You know, everyone showed up last year was like, what is on this car? Why is it looking like that? So I'm curious to see what that looks like. But the biggest surprise to me was just them deciding, oh, no, we're going to stick with what we did last year. That clearly didn't work. And then do that same thing this year. And they're just having the same problems, but they're getting... It's interesting with Mercedes, their race pace is decent. Yeah. So it's not like they're, I mean, they're used to being obviously at the top, but they're not doing horribly. Their qualifying is really affecting them, but nothing's going to unlock. I think Toto even said, he's like, nothing's unlocking, you know, eight tenths of a second that they need. So there's no way in any world that this brings them to the top but like you said if this helps them in future years that's the only thing we can hope for because we still have these regulations for another three years so we need some team to decide at some point all right this is going to help us and then make those adjustments in coming years because the thought of having to do this every single season very cool god bless (laughs) very cool I will say, like, and, and maybe this is just my second thing to look forward to. I know that people find this really boring or like disappointing because Red Bull's running away with it. But I think the um, my second thing that I'm really interested in following is just the internal strife between Max and Checo. Um, mm. I think it's just like absolutely delicious because Max is so hateable and Checo is so easy to root for. Also, just because Checo has been such a perfect number two that for Max specifically in this car. It's such like an interesting rivalry and they both clearly are unhappy with, you know, many of the team decisions. And I, I look forward to seeing that play out. Um, and I think that will continue to be dramatic even if, you know, Max ultimately wins. What's the best I think case? it'll be dramatic if it stays close. Yeah. But I don't know. If Max wins the next couple, I think it'll he'll, you know, be fine with being number two but if 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 Checo can pull out a couple wins over the next few weeks then it can get spicy but will Max be okay with that like I don't think Max ever wants to lose a race like I think Max wants every for sure yeah like who wants every record possible so yeah if you're Christian Horner Juliet what are you rooting for with that are you rooting for like Max wins every race except like three and then Checo wins in Mexico, and like he just gets to gets to have a little bit of glory. Yeah, like, I don't know what you de- I don't know definitely what don't want Christian... to win Monaco again. That right. would be way too showy. <laughs> I, I <laughs> no. don't know what Christian. I don't know what Christian's best case scenario would be for a driver drama. I think the best case scenario for Christian and for the team is Max getting everything he can. Max is the future. Max is the best driver. Checo has been a great number two, but I think that in given how far ahead they are at the car, most drivers would be a great number two right now. Um, you know, I think it was different two years ago, but I think like at this point, like obviously Max is, is, is the now and the future for the foreseeable while. So they probably don't really care. So the path of least resistance is Max winning as much as possible, creating a gap from Checo. That's, you know, not, you know, it's insurmountable. I think that's for them to avoid. Team orders don't matter because it's just like, this is what it is. But 
I don't know. I think Chaco's really feisty and, and won't and I think there's no reason for him to follow like team orders and to fall in line. So um I hope he I hope he can pull out some good races. All right, it's time for a special part of today's show brought to you by Heineken Silver. New, crisp, and refreshing, Heineken Silver has only 3.2 carbs and 95 calories and a taste with no bitter endings. And we know bitter endings. In fact, Juliet, let's talk about some bitter endings now. Let's talk about Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes and the last year and a half of woe, pal. It's been really rough to watch. Honestly, I I said this with... Taryn, but like every time Mercedes is just like, yeah, it's not going to happen for us. I'm just like, is this a joke? Are they, is this like gamesmanship? I, I don't get it, but I just can't have Lewis Hamilton never win another race. I can't have his closest coming to glory for, like for the final time being losing to Max as he did in Abu Dhabi. So that's just been really hard to watch this season. But like, is there any hope for Lewis to win a race? Not this year. And also to make it a little more sad is Fernando <laughs> Alonso is probably going to win a race. And Fernando Alonso was at one point a very bitter rival of Lewis Hamilton. Um, and the fact that he, that Aston Martin improved so quickly and Mercedes is not is a little bit, uh, it, I mean, you've, you've used the word sad a few times. I'll just say it's, it's a little depressing that Aston can make those gains in a year and Mercedes cannot. And, and those two really dislike each other. I think it's funny that Alonso is like pretending to like everyone this season, but that's a side note. Do you think that this last year and a half would be significantly different if Lewis had won the championship and it was just kind of like a little bit of a hangover effect and we got to say, eh, well, he won the championship and now they're paying the, you know, the bills come due on that kind of stuff. It just, you know, the, the rumor, by the way, and let's, let's go back two years. My, my brain is, is straining to do this, but the rumor you remember was that Mercedes had stopped really caring about that season because they were really going to have something figured out when the new regulations came. Well, the new regulations yeah, came. I remember. And it didn't work. And the, 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 the big think was that Red Bull had gone all in on Max winning the championship. Meanwhile, they were going to have one of the best cars in the history of the sport the next year and the year after. It just felt like this butterfly effect moment where Max wins a championship under such dramatic pretenses. And it felt so unfair. But it ushered in this new this new era. It's the Max yeah. era. And like he really like he yanked it from Lewis. And... Lewis is just like so decorated. He's also just so one of a kind that I have found watching him for the last year and a half with this like really like this middling car. And I just even think his own like interest feels a little bit, a little bit different. Um, I, you know, maybe it's because he just knows they can't be competitive, but it's definitely as a Lewis fan and like just a Mercedes fan. I don't even really know why I have found it hard to watch. And I, I really hope he can get another race. I mean, it, it, it would be the most interesting thing of the year. If if Mercedes actually, one of these upgrades actually got to a point where they're competing over a race weekend, and we've heard over and over again, we saw Le- heard Leclerc say it last week, you can compete with Red Bull over one lap. Certainly in a Ferrari you can, but not over a weekend where they have the strategy advantage, they have the upgrade advantage, they have the, just obviously the car advantage. They have every single advantage and over from a Friday, Saturday, Sunday standpoint. Red Bull is going to win out. So if Mer- listen, Mercedes has some of those built-in advantages. We've seen that in the past. So if they got the car up to where it needed to be, which is a big if, because by the way, Red Bull is not going to stop developing. Uh, it would be at least an intriguing second half of the season if that could happen. Thankfully, with Heineken Silver, you get all the taste with no bitter endings. Only 3.2 carbs and 95 calories. That's new, crisp, and refreshing Heineken Silver. Order now at Heineken.com slash silver. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Please enjoy Heineken responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Mobile One. 
The Mobile One brand knows podcasts are a great escape. You can listen to people talking about living and maybe even driving, but of course, there's no substitute for the real thing. So the next time you're looking for an escape, try an actual escape. Take this podcast for a ride in the car and immerse yourself in the drive, because sometimes the best way to escape reality is to truly live in it. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash the ringer to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this. Now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall, chosen by champions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. My third thing to look forward to um, is the silly season, which Taryn already brought up. But I want to throw this out there. Is there any other... Since silly season has already begun, and we're already we're already rumoring uh, car fittings and helmet fittings for Daniel Ricciardo that don't exist. By the way, by the way, one of the things that that knocked that rumor down was that he was at Lance Stroll's sister's wedding to an Australian wedding. snowboarder, which I didn't know about. And I texted Megan Schuster about it, and she said something back to me that changed the trajectory of my life in a bad way. Which is, she said, "Oh yeah, uh, I knew all about." Lance Stroll's sister because she gets talked about a lot on the WAG message boards, the F1 WAG message boards, which stands for wife and girlfriend. Did not know about that corner of the internet, trying to avoid it. Um, why? Why would you I, avoid oh, it? Oh, it exists. I don't know what it is or why. what's going on there. I, I mean, they a all... A lot. Yeah, a lot. I, I mean, I... And it happens for every sport. It's not just F1. Of course. Believe me, well, as someone F1, in the NHL world. Like, but F1 lends itself to it in a very specific way. Well... I have to say, I think there's a clear number one lag, and that's Carlos Sainz's girlfriend, Issa Hernandez. She's beautiful, chill, seems, seems really great. Uh, she's a G, a girlfriend. But why would you avoid the the wags? They're they're so great. I mean, like yesterday, George Russell and his girlfriend went on a hike. They're just like they're just like doing stuff. Alex Where Alvin are they? And his girlfriend went to, in Monaco. Um, okay. But but also, if you look at the. Uh, combinations throughout the grid in the past, it's very incestuous. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, everyone all, uh, uh, knows about Max and his girlfriend, Kelly, but um, Daniel Ricardo's girlfriend, Heidi, who they keep on the DL, but they're still out in public. She's the daughter of Gerard Berger. Yep. So that's something. And then you have 
Lance Stroll's sister, not directly in F1. I mean, besides her brother relation, but yeah, she's there. And also Daniel Ricardo was the best man at the wedding. So, I mean, it's very, everyone keeps it very close. I I need to open a can of worms for a second here, Juliet. I do not see Carlos Sainz's girlfriend on his Instagram. She's around. There's, there's still, she's in the mix. If you, if you follow, mix? like, I follow Kai... her, I follow her, so I know that she's in the mix. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'll see her on like Kai Ullman's Instagram when he like posts the wags arriving to the paddock or something. Okay. Yeah. I, All right. I would say Carlos Sainz is like kind of normal for a Formula One driver. And like to that extent, I think he like keeps some things private. Mm. Got it. Um, I was recently in my the wags and I thought of him the whole time. You thought of him? <laughs> okay. It's where he summers with his family. Yeah. Where they oh, I know. All the, all the beautiful pictures. He plays, pictures. Golf. He plays <laughs> golf there quite a bit, um, as we know from a hit Netflix series. Um, all right. So let's, I'm going to throw this out to the group. Is there any other driver or seat that you're watching where you're saying, okay, the rumors should start now outside of Nick DeVries? Well, I saw a rumor recently about Mick, them putting pressure on Williams to re- replace Logan with Mick Schumacher. Um, and that there's a little bit of pressure from Toto on that. So that's a rumor that I also saw recently. Um, I don't think that'll happen this season, but it is interesting that that has been talk of the town. Um, so I'll, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Obviously, Logan has not had a great start to the season, um, but he is a very fresh rookie. But I thought that was interesting because... Obviously, we all know Mercedes's pull and connection to Williams. So I'm curious to see if anything more comes out of that one. Is is Colton Herta going to get his super license this year? I saw him on Friday, I think, in Miami, just wandering around. And I thought this must be a miserable experience for our boy here. Um, but is he in the mix next year? I don't know the answer to that. I, I assume he I is. I don't know the answer he was to so that close, either, but I, I assume, assume that he is. I assume he's just doing what it takes. And he had that, a funny tweet. I don't know if you guys I saw did, when the, yeah. that whole news came out about Brad Pitt and the movie filming and how he was going to film. And he was like, oh, he, he got a seat before I did. And I thought that super was just license. so self-aware yeah, yeah, and super funny. Before that. Super somehow, license, yeah. Somehow the FIA was like, Brad Pitt, you're cool. The guy who... We did like one, what was it, Indie Lights, one more Indie Light series race or whatever during COVID. Like, yep. no, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't race. Sorry, bro. Brad Pitt can be the 11th team. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I saw him and I assume he's going to be in the mix. Helmet Mark obviously was extremely interested in him last year. So we'll see. Um, or they go with the other American, Daniel Ricardo, um, who really, I, I heard, by the way, um, that. Ricardo was peppered with questions at the Met Gala about Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift. And he was just like, what the hell is going on? This is so strange. So weird. I'm, uh, and also he had a quote about that. It would not, it, of all the drivers, it would not be Alonso to date Taylor Swift. Um, I who, thought, wait, hold on, hang on. Who would it be? He, I don't think he had Daniel an kind of alluded to himself. No, he I didn't know, really no, no, I know, no, no. I'm asking you guys who would it be. Oh, oh. I don't see any of them with yeah. her. I think George Russell, actually, unfortunately. <laughs> he like she likes a British man. He's tall sure. enough for her. He's lame. She likes okay. lame guys. Um <laughs> That's true. I think it's him. Um okay. Yeah. The British thing you're spot on. Yeah. So you're spot on with that. Uh I also I honestly like wonder if she made her new relationship public to like end the Alonzo rumors. Not that they were like <laughs> not that I, I don't know. I'm just like wondering. If they were Can you imagine be- being her team and telling her, hey, there's this new rumor going on <laughs> that you're dating this F1 driver you've never heard of. 
Probably. And I don't assume that she watches F1. No. And she's like, oh, that's what's going on around me this week? Wow. Interesting. Because really shortly thereafter, a lot of information, or like not information, but like videos have leaked or like he's been seen around. I'm just like, this really feels like the timing is convenient. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. But. All right. So. Maybe Fernando started himself. (laughs) I, I will find it funny, by the way, if Logan Sargent loses his seat from Mick Schumacher, because it's not, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's obviously reasons Logan got his his seat and has a little bit to do. I mean, listen, there's so, there were so many Michelob billboards for Logan Sargent around Miami. Like, there's a reason, like, in America, they wanted to, to sell that. There, there's no problem there. That happens all the time with, with F1. Like, this is a marketing yeah. sport. Um, there's no problem with that, but for him to, if he lost a seat to Mick Schumacher, that would be very, very funny. Um, but I can't think of another seat though. That feels like it's super up in the air. Well, what's happening with Alpine? They can't continue like this. So, oh, they are a mess right now. It seems. Yeah. Okay. People are saying that they thought they they think Ocon is not, is not him. Yeah. So that seems like that seat might be. Thank you. Keep Pierre. Move on from Ocon. Who doesn't love Pierre? Pierre, yeah. Pierre has taken this mantle of like, Lewis is too famous. Ricardo's not on the grid anymore. So like when there's someone who's like moderately famous, even though Jimmy Butler had Ocon, an Ocon dinner, um, like Tyreek Hill, like Pierre Gasly is like, I'm the guy who's going to hang out with Tyreek Hill. Like that, that, that's sort of his, yeah. that's Pierre's role right now. He's like a brand ambassador. I think also Pierre likes American sports. So yes. it's easier. So, cause mm-hmm. he's like, you know, he, he falls in and it's easier for him to kind of like, he's not starting from scratch, but, um, I, he's, you know, I would like for him to just like be better. So I, I hope that he can, <laughs> so seriously, it's been a really disappointing, it's not just the car. I mean, I think he's had a, a bad, a bad season too. So, but yeah. in, in general, I, I like would like the French team to be a force. So. Yeah. Looking at it. I mean, obviously, I mean, <laughs> Nick DeVries, uh, it's. It's bad. It's bad. But Sergeant, I mean, listen, in that Williams, there was a quote from James Fowles, I think, that basically said he needs to be more consistent week to week, which is not, not, that's not asking a lot. Also, Williams is obviously like in turnaround, like in a good way, like new principal, new drivers. I feel like this season, the expectations are understandably low. And like, as long mm-hmm. as they can build on this and, you know, maybe that's not with Logan Sargent. I don't know, but I, I hope it is. Um, but I just think that like, it's, there's not a lot to judge them on this season. Agreed. Starting uh, over. Taryn, do you have a third or have we, have we covered all of them already? I think my third one, and it's a little more abstract. I'm really curious to see, you guys talked about it the, after Miami, but what happens with U.S. races moving yeah. forward because of the protests, not protests against it, but they're they're vocal about not really enjoying this lavish display of entertainment that U.S. races put on. And I'm just curious to see if Liberty Media gives a shit about their thoughts and yeah. feelings about it or if they've really veered off into this, you know, substation of it, it's three races get yeah. over it like you have your normal ones all the other time we have to bring in new fans and i understand both sides of it but i'm just curious to see what comes off it we obviously have coda which has been a staple for a little while so i don't know if anything will change with that but vegas coming up and then miami next year i'm very curious to see what they do with that here's what i would do if i was f1 if i was dominicali if i was liberty those nba intro styles you don't like George Russell, the ones you're going to bring up the driver's meeting, they just got 10 minutes longer. 
They just got yeah. 10 minutes longer. <laughs> We've added in a third. We had Will I Am and LL Cool J. We're adding <laughs> yeah. a third person to it. I don't know who it would be. Lil Wayne, who, Taryn, you've informed us, has a verse with with uh, mentioning Lewis and Max. Lewis and Max. I feel like Lil Wayne is extremely available. And then LeClaire, who said he wasn't that bothered by it, he's going to perform too. We're going to have him. Oh, my God, please. He's the one and guy that Lewis was like. And will be on the yeah, production of it. Yeah. Everybody but you, George. There were like <laughs> 10 guys. I don't think Lando liked it. Piastri was like, I wasn't able to go to the bathroom at the right time. <laughs> That's cool. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, well, I understand. Yeah. Um, I mean. I, I'm curious to see the reaction and what it's like in Vegas, because I think that there is like more inherent enthusiasm for Vegas because it feels like a more natural fit for the sports just given like Monaco and sort of like honestly um the Europeans and the world's affection for Vegas which I certainly don't share so I'm kind of curious to see how that goes also I wonder if they would receive it differently if it's at the end of the season um when things are like already more wrapped up and and whatnot but um it's funny though because like I think that I think the difference is like Americans want like the the pre-race theatrics where places where the sport has like a much stronger um foothold it's after the race they really want to party and like yeah it's like you know like the latin american tracks are like known for people just like totally filling them out and like rushing them afterwards and so it's just sort of like a different it's like a different approach but it's a spectacle and entertainment everywhere it's just sort of like the order of events in some ways um, yeah, I mean we're we're a country built on loving tailgates, you know, yeah. pre yes. pre game partying. Yeah. So that's not shocking to me. And as I mentioned before, I was born and raised in Miami. This is like the least offensive, like least like outlandish thing Miami could have done. Like you did a couple intros, like they they could have made it way more extravagant and out there than they chose to do for these intros. So like, I feel like it was a, a little out there, but we didn't do any just, of the stuff. Miami's known for. We didn't launder anybody's money. We didn't take right? the money and build a skyscraper and fuse it with cocaine money so that nobody noticed. Like we could have done so much worse, so much more. Like they, they just need to appreciate what Miami, that Miami tone. We're down, so much more opinion. capable than what we showed um, we are. with, with criminality and nefariousness. Um, <laughs> Juliet, I'm I'm with you. So I actually like Vegas, but I'm not the amount of people in the Miami paddock who were like, "Oh, you're going to Vegas, right? Like it's going to be epic." And I'm just kind of like, I, I I don't know. I'd rather go to Barcelona. Like I don't know. Like I don't think it's going to be that. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I had a great time in Mexico City. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And like <laughs> I actually think the Vegas race appeals more to foreigners. Like there's yeah. a. Uh, if you've, Taryn, you've certainly spent time in Vegas, um, for, for hockey and, and Juliet, we kind of end up in Vegas sort of incidentally every couple of times a year, maybe, um, Unfortunately so. the lads, the lads are out, the lads are out in Vegas <laughs> and, and they've got their, their butt. The lads are at the pool and they're the happy lads are to at be the there pool. They, at like eight, eight to 9 PM. They're, yeah, they're at the, the, day, the day club, the pool they're party, at the day club, the encore club, If whatever. you've ever wondered, if you ever look at like like the cabana prices and you're just like who is paying for those things the, the answer is the lads the answer is oh yeah the lads. i think of wayne rooney as the uh ultimate lad at the pool of of celebrities i know i know he loves it there so <laughs> i they're, they're going out the night before i mean every sport you, you have a game there they're going out the night before a game sorry that's just the truth <laughs> yeah definitely um, i mean i have a friend who's english and i once asked him 
So Wayne Rooney has a home in Port Charlotte, Florida, which is the most random place you could possibly have a home. That's, that's like Gunther living just in North blew Carolina. My mind. Yeah, well, at least there's <laughs> yeah. a work reason for that. And I once asked my friend, I was like, what? He's British and, and I, he travels all over the world. And I was like, what happened here with Wayne Rooney owning a home in Port Charlotte? And he's like, well, the secret is British people don't know where to go once they're at a place. And so like they'll fly to <laughs> Orlando or Miami or Vegas. And then once they're there, they can just be talked into anything. And so that's how the lads <laughs> end up at the cabana. And that's how also why why Wayne Rooney ended up in Port Charlotte. That's what Vegas banks on. These type of people coming and they're walking around all lost and they're like, oh, hey, we have this. You want to check this out? And then they're like, oh, here's thousands of dollars. It's perfect. Uh, I've been to a lot of boxing matches in, with British fighters and it's it makes it 15 more percent fun that the lads are out. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm heavily invested in Love Island right now and I've adopted his personality, some might say. Hmm. Uh, and Love Island has brought to my attention how many like people, just like regular people in England, like fashion themselves boxers. And I was like, wait, what? There's like always at yeah. least one boxer and one footballer on. And I'm just always. like, I'm just like, and none of you are famous. So it's funny. So only one has really come out of that famous Tommy Fury. Tom Fury but that's yeah. And that's brother different. Adjacent. That's a different bucket too. I went to yeah. a fight between um, Vasily Lomachenko, who is not British, and Anthony Krola, who is British. And right in front of me, this is in, in Los Angeles, and right in front of me was this like group of lads who are like big Krola guys. And the most important thing here is that Krola was obviously going to get his ass kicked. And he did. I think he got knocked out in the fourth or fifth round. And But as soon as the opening bell sounded, some guy just started throwing punches, just randomly. He was just like, I'm here, I'm I'm drunk, I'm just going to start brawling. <laughs> and you could tell he was just like, oh, this fight's going to end soon. I flew from London to Vegas, I'm just, or Los Angeles, I'm just going to get my money's worth. And it was great. It was the perfect lad in Capsule. It sounds like the Conor McGregor crew. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, Alright, so guys, uh, Juliet, do you have a third? Or did we already cover it? Um... I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, but I, it's def- it's, it. I think we probably did. I, I'll, I also just say um, long term, I'm really excited about uh, Susie Wolf getting her own TV show. So that's that's high on my list of priorities to be tracking the build up for it. Susie Wolf and Toto Wolf are and I saw it a little bit in the paddock in Miami are just such a cute couple. They're I, I would, look like it. I really love, love my family, but if they would adopt me, I would uh, happily say yes. So slash I wouldn't even think about dogs, it. So that'd be weird. Okay. It would be weird. <laughs> It'd be weird. I think a lot of that would be weird. I did see pictures weird. of them at the stroll wedding and they looked very adorable. I'm sorry, best. Toto, also, Toto got great. invited to the stroll wedding? Sure did. Probably because friends of daddy. But okay. yeah, they All were right. there. It's hard. All right. I guess. Australia Australia was there I, 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 yeah, I need to get on the WAG billboard or the message boards, I guess. There's a lot going on it's besides true, true just sport. on track you racing, Kevin. <laughs> All right, this is a good stopping point. Taryn Bray, (laughs) Julia Lipman. We'll see you guys. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.